What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Speak On It podcast with K Sam and Buck Baby. What's up, Buck? Uh, what's going on, my man? How you feeling? Oh, feeling good, feeling good, man. Long time, it's been so long, but we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with another episode. Here on the Speak On It podcast, we have a motto simply goes, We are not trying to change the entire world, but reach the heart of one person at a time. And so far, I think we've been pretty successful with that. What you think, Buck? I think so, man. Just got to keep it going. Got to stay consistent. Yes, sir. So on today's episode, we want to break down the Trayford Pellerin incident that was based out of Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, sometime last summer, where Trayford Pellerin was killed by law enforcement officers after a 911 call after a disturbance. You remember that incident, Buck? I do remember it, man. I do remember it. Let's brief on it for a second. So I got a couple of things that we're going to do for this incident. And one of the things first, I'm going to read the transcript, kind of give you all the foundation of, of what took place. That came from the Louisiana State Police uh, investigation and also the Lafayette District Attorney. So this took place August 21st, 2020, around 7.43 p.m., where officers received a 911 call complaining of a person in the Circle K gas station uh, they described the person as a black male customer who was walking around the store and scaring customers. And and during this incident, it's important to to notate a couple a couple things that was taking place. So the customer, of course, who they called was later identified as Trayford Pellerin. So based on the inside the the store video, it shows Pellerin entered the store around seven thirty seven. And when he entered the store, he was just like kind of walking around, looking over his shoulder, uh, looking around. You could tell something wasn't right with him. So the clerk started asking him if he was okay he wasn't getting no response she tried to talk to him um and what about five minutes or so like she yeah. constantly kept talking to him asking if he was okay what was his name you know tried to make small talk and he wasn't wasn't giving her no no conversation but it's, it's important to notate that he also wasn't bothering nobody in the store um so after standing in the store he stood up by the exit entrance door um not in the way of customers just standing in there looking you know looking around so just kind of based off of that that initial deal uh, before she called 911. If I was a clerk and put myself in her shoes, I would have felt that the way he was looking around and y- y'all would have to see the video to kind of get a better idea of what I'm exactly talking about. But I personally would have felt that maybe he was waiting for the store to be completely empty uh, in attempts to, to try to rob her. Cause yes, yeah, she was a female in the store by herself, the only employee in the store. So after him standing in the store for, whatever, about 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes, uh, still no response, uh, just standing by the store, looking over his shoulder, looking suspicious in a sense. She decided to call 911. She herself made three to four 911 calls stating um, her suspicion and concern for him being in the store, and she, you know, wanted wanted some police help. So while he was in the store, he randomly calls out a name of Shaniqua, and the clerk asks him, who was that? And Pellerin uh, responded finally and stated that Shaniqua was in the bathroom. The clerk just trying to get him to go outside in the, uh, outside the store and tells him that uh, that the chick went outside. And he says, no, F that, she's in the bathroom. Then Pellerin goes um, into the bathroom area, which was blocked off by like a lottery ticket machine deal. Um, he starts checking the bathroom area, and then at some point, he, he pulls out a knife from his little satchel deal, and he goes in and out each men and women bathroom multiple times, uh, and the clerk is telling him that he cannot go back there. So now he's starting to kind of act a little bit er- erratic in a sense, 
while he has a knife. So now the clerk is really getting concerned. She calls 911 again and says now he's ha- he has a knife in his hand and uh, he- he's looking for somebody. So he walks outside. You can see him in the video leaving out the store with the knife in his left hand. And then he throws like whatever he was drinking, something, a fountain drink. He throws it outside in the parking lot. So you get another 911 call from uh, another, I guess, customer who was outside also concerned about Pellerin, stated to to the uh, 911 call taker that he had a knife. You know, he was screaming. She was scared. She was scared for the 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 work inside and all this other good stuff. Uh, and then she states that the police is pulling up. And then that's where the body cameras and video takes up. So from there, you know, that was the that was the reason why officers was there. So what, what I want to start off with is I'm going to let y'all listen to the audio of the video that kind of started this whole viral, viral deal that, that caused this, this commotion and the protests and the rioting and, and people, the video that people started making their judgment off of that of course it's just like every cell phone video it starts in the in the middle of the incident and left out the the bigger portion of, of how all this came to a deadly force incident um so i'm gonna play this video i must warn the listeners that they have some explicit language in there um you will hear the gunshots be a lot of screaming uh, but i feel it's important to to let y'all listen to this video and i'll post it on the social media pages uh, because it also gets into how the reality uh, perspective versus the reality, like I talked about in a in a later uh, in an episode, previous episode, and we go break down this particular video before we break down the actual body cam video and stuff. Because we when we just listened to it, we actually pointed out and realized how this chick herself just contradicted herself all in a matter of a minute and twenty four seconds. That's how long this video is. So take a listen. And we'll dive into it after this. Look. They're about to start busting. Hold on. Wait. Wait. wait we got to witness this. We have to witness. Put the window around. They're about to bust you. They're about to bust you. Y'all, they put the window around. That's wrong, y'all. He got a knife. That man got a knife. They going to shoot him. No, we got to wait. We got to wait. No, but he got a fucking knife. Get on the ground. They tasing him. He's not even doing nothing. He goes fast. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! They just shot this man. They literally just killed this man in front of me. Oh my fucking god! But he had a knife though, y'all. They no, but for real, why would y'all shoot that man like four times? That's that's the problem with the cops now. Like, what the fuck? That's oh my fucking god, y'all! They just killed that man. I'm recording the whole fucking thing. So. There's that video. I mean, it's so much, so much that that took place in the video. And honestly, the video is is I mean, it's not really much to see in the video. It's more so about the the, the commentary of the video is what made this so important. But but what what's your thoughts on the video, man? What you what breakdown you want to do? Because it's, it's so much to dig into. Yeah, how she just made herself also like almost look like a fool in a sense. So pretty much they they 
she's recording pretty much what's going on. Mr. Pelleran retreating back towards the store. Uh, she sees officer, you know, trying to use a taser to subdue the subject. Uh, taser's not working, and she says it. Uh, he's not doing anything. And then she also says he has a knife in his hand. So they, they, they see him with the knife. They see the officers using, you know, let's leave the force to try to stop this guy. And obviously it's not working. He's not listening to verbal commands. Taser's not working. And he's still retreating towards the store with, with patrons inside the store. Uh, ultimately, uh, officers end up firing firing shots and that, that's that's what happened and then it's, it's crazy because she says yeah y'all but he had a knife in his hand but then you could hear a friend in the background say something to the tune of yeah but they didn't have to shoot him and then she jumps on her friend's side was like yeah yeah they, they shot him and it's 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 crazy man because you could tell she already had her mind made up uh based on what she saw and then in the split of a second her mind switched just based off what her friend said so you know remember when this video first made social media um and it, it started people started sharing started going viral all everybody seen and then the the what they were trying to portray was that here is a black man walking minding his business trying to go into the gas station and police just gun him down for no reason and kill him and then when you know people's like well Clearly, he had a knife in his hand, and the girl says he has a knife. And then now people are trying to say, well, no, it wasn't a knife. It was a cell phone. And they didn't try. You know, so it's so much so much stuff that, that people tried to, to take away from what the chick said to make it to make it fit the narrative of today's society of, you know, black people just, just randomly getting killed by police for no reason. Mm -hmm. But like you said, man, she said she had a knife, which, you know, listen, you know, they, they played the 911 calls, the videos. They done uh, a still shot of him. Yes, he did have a knife. Did he threaten people with the knife? No, but you know, but him having a knife and in in the manner he was acting, it definitely made people you know in fear for their safety for whatever reason or another. I mean, you would have to ask those people what made them feel scared with him just you know the way he was acting and and just in the store in the area with the knife then she also says that they tried to tase her so everybody always say you know well, why they didn't try to tase him why they didn't try to tase him you know why you always just got to shoot well here you go they tried to taser him taser doesn't work i try to tell people this all the time taser is not end all be all they have many cases where officers get hurt and and killed because they just relying on this less lethal to to you know end all situations when it should be a deadly force encounter so taser doesn't work and then ultimately they you know have to he, he crossed that line in the sand that they drew which was going inside the store and they felt that that was that was the that was the line and they ultimately shot and killed him but man going into that everybody always want to talk about you know cops here to protect and serve protect and serve and when this incident took place man i i went i don't know i, I probably went a little bit too hard on, on on social media you know behind this situation but it was only because i knew the officers i knew the officers involved uh i work with them i knew they didn't have no nothing to do with racism in this but that's what everybody was trying to make it about but i always told people this was a clear cut case incident about protecting, protecting and, serving. and serving <laughs> so you know you want to break down the how it was a, a matter of protecting and serving i mean it's, it's it's simple man so pretty much if officers wouldn't wouldn't have to do the subject by letting them just let him walk into the store. Anything could happen at that point. He could have could have been a barricaded subject at that point. And uh, now he has X amount of people in the store, which is an advantage to him because now we're at his mercy. And no telling what would happen in that, in that time if he would have barricaded himself inside that store. He could have, you know, start stabbing people or, you know, somebody could have potentially lose their life in that store if officers wouldn't have did what they, what they did. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. Right. So, I, 
going back and forth again, like I said, with people on social media and just people texting me, asking me what I thought about the incident. And it was like, well, why they just didn't let him go in the store? And I, I told this to one chick. I was like, what if you was outside pumping gas at that gas station and your little boy went inside to get him a candy bar or whatever the case. He was inside the store and you see this incident unfolding, but you cannot do nothing to get your son out that store. Pellerin would have walked in the store, locked the doors and took everybody hostage. Or he would have started stabbing people and your son now is in harm's way. Potential victim. Yeah, or a potential victim. And then if, if something would have happened to anybody inside that store, then again, it would have been the police fault because... Why y'all let him get that far? Why y'all let him get in the store? So it's tough, man, because nobody wants to be on the side of right. Uh, everybody just want to look at, you know, the police is always at fault. But going back to the, the audio I just played, the chick, the chick pretty much, like, she was a, a very good eyewitness. And she pretty much painted the picture of, of, of exactly what happened. And people got mad at her because now they're saying, well, she wouldn't have said he had a knife. People wouldn't have believed that he had a knife. Now, since the investigation over, they they showed that, yes, he had a, a pocket knife. They showed pictures. They showed him on video. They showed a still shot uh, from the officer's body camera and all this. But yet people still don't want to accept the facts of the case. Say, OK, yes, he was, you know, Pellerin was wrong. He, you know, ultimately caused his death in a, in a sense. But it, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough that we still have to deal with this. And, you know, yes, it's bad stuff happening with law enforcement, but sometimes we just need to be on the side of right and wrong. And that's what I'm about. I'm about, you know, right or wrong. I don't care if you're a cop or not a cop. Is is you either was right or you was wrong. And it's just that simple. But, you know, you, you watch this video, that this, this cell phone video, and you would just think, oh, my gosh, that was just so terrible. They just gunned that man down for no reason. But here shortly, I'm going to break down what the notes I took off from the first officer's body camera and we go we could just dive into the actual facts because now you you have the perception that this guy was just walking into the gas station and he was just gunned down for no reason and now since the facts came out and the full investigation is over with here's what really happened what led to the deadly force encounter so on the, on the first officer's body camera when he when he encounters Pellerin he's in the middle of the street with his hands up, not complying. And then he puts his hands in his pockets and then he begins to run away from the officer. So at that point, the officer's, you know, trying to get him out the street, come here, you're going to get ran over. Uh, of course, let me see your hands, you know, get your hands, you know, get on the ground. And all this is while Pellerin's in the middle of um, the throughway, which is a main, a main thoroughfare. I can't even say the word. Uh, <laughs> a main roadway. <laughs> Uh, out there, out there in Lafayette. So in the meantime, you know, Pellerin is is walking backwards. He stopped the run, so now he's walking backwards uh, in the middle of traffic. Officers, you know, still trying to give him commands and stuff like that. Where Pellerin pulls out the knife, has it in his left hand in, the, in a stabbing motion, and tells the cop, "Fuck you, bitch. That's not going to work." In quotes. That's what he told the officer as he was walking backwards because he tried to tase him, but the taser failed because. Um, they assuming that one prong hit him and the other one hit his satchel. Uh, so while we got while we on the taser subject, but tell them tell them kind of how the taser works. So pretty much the taser uh, is, is is different variations of it. Uh, so the model that that we use here it has two two cartridges. So pretty much if you want to fire your taser at two different people, you can and you could alternate between who gets the voltage. And I've used my taser a few times in the past and. More times than not, it, it hasn't worked. Say 10 times, it probably worked maybe three times. So, I mean, it really not as, as reliable as people think or, or want, want them to be. So, but but in order for a successful 
taser deployment, it's important to note that you have to have both prongs hit so that the electricity could run through through both prongs. It has to be a, a good spread. It can't be too close or it's, that person's going to get just that centralized area. It has to be, a, you know, a, at least a few Few in, few inches apart, right? And it's it's not that easy just to aim and, and shoot, and you go get that that good spray because you got you got to play into the atmosphere, then the you know the wind, the weather conditions, and stuff like that. So tried to taser him, didn't work. He told the officer, "I'm going to stab you," uh, and then you can hear the officer on the on his police radio stating to incoming officers that he have a, the knife in his left hand, and then he continues to walk and stuff. You know, more officers come. Um, he he's He's as he's walking, he's still, of course, not complying and, and getting multiple commands. But while we on the knife and and stuff, you want to talk about the twenty one foot rule? What what the you know? Because the DA talked about the twenty one foot rule when he mentioned how you know he listed pretty much listed how many times or how many yeah how many times during that that encounter they could have used deadly force and been justified. So um, you want to break down the twenty one foot rule? It was yeah. So pretty much the the twenty one foot rule is kind of. Kind of like our, our safe space where we feel comfortable working and dealing with a subject, especially an armed subject. And like like Sam said, I mean, it was multiple times where officers could have used their service weapon to, you know, to fire fire on Mr. Pellerin. It was a deadly force situation. So you meet deadly force with deadly force. So, um, but and and also just kind of add to that that twenty one foot rule. They have many studies, and if you just Google, you know, uh, twenty one fo- twenty one foot rule law with dealing with law enforcement, you'll find all kind of studies and stuff. But what's important with that is. Majority of the studies show that that within the 21 feet space, by time an officer, you know, if a subject is charging the officer or anybody with a knife, by time somebody have time to, you know, let's say officer, so by time officer has time to recognize the threat, draw the weapon and fire, that they will already be stabbed and the person will be on top of them already in about 1.5 seconds. So that's why that that's why we play into that 21 foot rule, and just because it's 21 feet. You know, so 22 feet doesn't make it any safer mm-hmm. than 21 feet. So don't, don't get that. Don't get stuck on the number or the, the rule aspect of it. But just know that, yes, a knife is a deadly is a deadly weapon. Just just picture that 21 feet is not really that far. And by the time, you know, your mind process everything of what's going on and actually perceive the threat, it's going to be too late. You know, you will be staffed. So that's that's why he, he made sure to put that 21 foot rule, because it showed that Pellerin was what? In about way closer than ten, yeah, yeah, between ten, five to ten feet. Yeah, so it, it was pretty close. And if he wanted to to charge the officer, he, he definitely had he that definitely advantage could. at that point. Um, so all this is is while he's going towards another gas station with customers. And in about thirteen thir- uh, thirty seconds, they told him to drop the knife thirteen about thirteen times, if not more. They tried to block him off with a patrol unit from keeping him from going to the gas station, but yet he still refused to to comply with commands and and do what he wants going towards the other gas station where they had other customers at. But people still was like, you know, well, he was just, you know, he wasn't doing nothing. He was walking away. They should have just let him go. Uh, He wasn't hurting nobody, which, yes, he really didn't didn't commit an offense until he ran. So it was like, why are you running? You're running for a reason now. So now we have to investigate. And people was kind of making a big deal saying, you know, cops should have just let him go and just be about his business. But, man, it doesn't work like that. Right, Buck? Yeah, when we get to a call to investigate, that's exactly what we got to do. We got to see what's going on, especially with a situation like this. When you have multiple people multiple people calling saying, hey, this guy has a knife. And you know, he's been acting erratic pretty much for X amount of time. You know, like, you know, it started in the store and it led up to what it led up to. You know, this guy has a knife. And obviously something is up. So we got to investigate to figure out what's going on with this guy. 
Right, because if we wouldn't have investigated that and he would have went commit a crime, whatever, hurt somebody, and we're again, lying. it's the police fault. So it's funny how that always comes back to us, huh? So uh, as he's still walking away from officers, uh, going towards his other gas station, also in the body cam video, it shows that they have a pickup truck that's coming towards the intersection. And it's kind of hard to make out in the video, but apparently one a little boy in the truck stated that Pellerin tried to open up the door. So potentially that could have been a, a armed carjacking attempt is is what the DA stated. So they also they also had a canine on scene. So people was like, well, why they didn't employ the canine? Well, the DA broke that down, which I think he he done a good point. So luckily for y'all, I was a I'm an ex canine handler, so I kind of give y'all the real deal on on how the canine works. So the issue with deploying the canine, this coming from me as a canine handler, because I personally wouldn't have deployed my dog neither, because deploying the when you're dealing with an armed subject, deploying the dog, yes, is an animal versus human life. But at the same token, it is a police officer. It's just unfair to that animal to to send him into an unwinnable situation. You know, it's almost buck. It's almost like 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 somebody tell us, hey, they got a man in there with a knife or a gun, but we need you to go in there with no weapons, and we need you to to bring him into custody. Just tackle him, take yeah. him to the ground. You know what I'm saying? So it's unfair to, to that animal. And, you know, in the canine, in canine with law enforcement, we don't, that's number one rule. We don't send those dogs into unwinnable situations. So, yes, he was a, he was still an orange subject. So, yeah, they could have sent the dog. But, you know, the way we train the Lafayette canine section, we don't operate like that because that's just unfair to that dog. And he potentially could have could have started stabbing the dog. And then if he would have stabbed the dog, then they would have shot him. Then it would have been... Well, they shot him because he's stabbing he the, dog, the dog. You he's know, just a dog. so it, so just that could have just created so much more, so much more uh, issues that that wasn't necessary. So how does canine work? So when you when, before you deploy your, your canine, you want them to identify their their target. So yes, Pellerin was the target, but with so much going on, you had lights, you had sirens, you had traffic, you had you know multiple multiple officers screaming. You had people that was in front of Pellerin where he was walking towards. So it's just so many targets there for that dog that it wouldn't it would have been the dog couldn't identify one specific target. Uh, so that was another reason why that the um, that the canine wasn't deployed because it wasn't guaranteed that he would have went to apprehend Pellerin. So just the, the whole safety of the of the whole deal where the dog was out of play from from jump but you would hope that people would see a canine and say okay well i don't want to deal with this dog and get down on the ground which usually happens um but Pellerin still had his mind made up that he wasn't going to listen to officers so then he gets to the gas station uh where they tried to block him off with the unit and that's when he went to enter the, the second store and they ultimately shot him so breaking down breaking down the incident they had 11 rounds fired in 2.4 seconds that's i don't want to say like impressive like like you know yeah but you know with how many officers was there they didn't have no sympathetic fire uh which means you know nobody shot because others were shooting only three officers shot uh and they had five officers within 20 feet of him and three officers fired 11 rounds some people's like well why you know why this officer didn't shoot? Well, you know, some officers didn't have didn't have good backdrops um, and couldn't have guaranteed that their bullets would have went, you know, through Pellerin or through the window where they had, you know, the store was occupied with customers. So that was another big issue that they had to work with. Um, that's all part of firearms training. Know what lies beyond your target. And that's that's extremely important with dealing with situations, especially like these. You got to know what's beyond your target. Right. And that's why you don't do warning shots in the air. 
Because you don't know where your bullet going. You, you don't know, shoot on the ground. Or you, you know, it's, it's not the movies. So, uh, so man, yeah. So this this whole just this whole case it, it sparked a lot of a lot of uproar in Lafayette. This wasn't too too long after George Floyd, and it was just a lot going on in the world. So, uh, man, you want to dive into the 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 protesting and stuff, and and you know, because don't don't forget that all this happened. Off of the cell phone video. Off, off the cell phone. That's, that's pretty much how it all started. So that is, it's crazy, man, because it's, it's crazy how people, you know, jump to conclusions without knowing all the facts. Uh, and like I said, we talked about this in the past. We talked about it with our know, supervisor. We talked about it in our briefings. Uh, definitely feel now, especially in today's world, that we need to release these release the videos as, as soon as possible. I, I think from as far as from the dispatch call up until the conclusion of the incident, whatever it may be. And just with this minute and how long was it? The minute, 24 seconds? Mm-hmm. Just just with that, people started cutting up in Lafayette, you know, just based on what they saw in that video. Uh, they made up their mind that the officer was wrong in that situation. Mr. Pellerin was right. And they just, man, they started looting in city trends and firing at officers that were, you know, just, just on, on duty. Uh, that was with the Circle K. We had an officer over there and uh, the car was shot. In the parking lot on a uh, on mud. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, just just stuff like that. You got guys running in the city transit, just looting. And, I mean, just cutting up in the parking lot. Just just based on you know that that cell phone footage. You got uh, people protesting downtown, and which, which, I'm, of course it's okay to protest. You know, you got every right in the world to protest, but at least learn the facts first. You know, lo- know why you're protesting. Just don't, don't protest based on a minute and twenty four second video, and you don't know all the facts. You know, that's, that's that's where we're going with the situation. You know, know everything and then come up to your conclusion and be like, oh, all right, are we justified? And is, is it just the right way to protest in, in this manner? Uh, and I, I remember I said it, um, I gave I gave this example in, in a previous episode about how how officers are, are judged off of these cell phone videos without all the facts. So just like this case, and, and my example was, how would you feel if, if somebody, if you be judged based off of, let's just say one incident, that that you that you done or just one person uh one person's feelings towards you and you get judged by everybody at your at your workplace you know so it just takes for one person to say oh uh such and such is lazy and now you're just known as as the lazy person in in your job based off of one thing but nobody don't know the facts to that situation where that person you know felt that you was lazy that makes sense that it does so all all this took place off of a minute and twenty four seconds video when they had so much more facts to the case, so much more that that if people would have waited till the investigation unfolded, which yeah, it took it I, I, it did take a long time. What it just came out a couple, weeks, a couple ago. weeks ago, so it was almost about a year since since this happened, if not uh, a year exactly since this happened. But you know that's that's Louisiana State Police and that's their rules and and stuff like that. Man, with this with. It, it, I think more so they had yes people protesting because yeah they they felt it was it was wrong more so I think they had a lot of protesters out there just because like this is our chance to to get out here and cause some chaos mm-hmm. uh, and yeah that that's happened all all across the country as you see in many in many incidences with with protesters and then the looters come and and all this other good stuff I wonder I wonder if it would have changed if people would have saw the facts to this video uh like you know how the, how they showed all this evidence if it would have changed now and. And I wonder if some of these people who was out there protesting still feel strong about their stand 
now that the evidence is out. Because I've had people on my Facebook talking about that the cops just murdered Pellerin. I wonder if these people still feel the same that it was a murder now that the facts is out. I, I, I think it definitely would have changed because when the uh, DA was pretty much explaining everything that happened, you know, I was watching the live feed and watching the live comments, and, you know, you actually saw people saying, okay, now that I've seen the whole video, I understand, you know, what they did and why they did it. So I, I definitely think people's perspective would have definitely changed if the video would have came out a, a lot sooner. That's why it's important. You got to get that video out, man. So I remember um, when 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 this first was starting to unfold, people was automatically saying he had mental problems. And I, I just feel nowadays that's just starting to be the the excuse. And yeah, it's, it's, it's especially working in law enforcement, we are coming across a lot more people with mental problems nowadays. But people who didn't even know Pellerin was just jumping on board. Yeah, he had mental problems. He was going through a mental crisis. But what the DA uh, reported from the toxicology report was that, yeah, Pellerin, I don't know the guy. Um, maybe he did have mental problems. But me personally, I don't believe that it was mental problems that caused him to do all this. Um, but what the DA said that the toxicology report showed that Pellerin's blood sample was positive for meth with a blood concentration of 2,800 uh, milliliters of, of meth in his in his blood. Uh, so pretty much he was he was just full of meth in a sense. And, you know, mutt, mutt. <laughs> meth could cause confusion and hallucinations. And now since it's reported that, that they found all this meth in his blood, now it makes sense of, of his, his behavior inside the first store with him, you know, calling out Shaniqua and checking the bathrooms and, and saying, you know, that, yeah, she's in the bathroom and looking over his shoulder and stuff like that. With us dealing with, with meth users, people that's coming, you know, down off of meth, that's people that's, that's you know, on the on the high of meth or people that's that's just withdrawals for not having, you know, using meth in hours. Man, you get, it's, it's such a roller coaster ride that, like, you'd be like, man, what the hell? You know, like, yes. what's, going, what's going on? But I think that more, I think his behavior was more based off of how high he was on meth versus his mental problems at, the, at that given moment, you know? So then they, people got into how many times they shot him. You know, well, they didn't have to shoot him. That, even the chick said they didn't have to shoot him that, that many times. I, I told people all the time, is no prescribed shots for for each individual. Like I can't look at I can't look at Buck and say, okay, Buck have a knife. You know, he's about six one, about two, about two twenty. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me let me take out my little pamphlet. All right, hey guys, two shots, two shots only. Should stop the threat. Two shots. All right. <laughs> yeah, two shots in the leg. Two shots on the leg. Ready, fire. No, it don't work like that, man. It's pretty much stopping the threat. You know, you watch the video, you watch the, the body cam video, 11 shots in what? I said 2.4 seconds. Threat was stopped, bomb. He stopped moving. They started rendering aid. And that's that's how police work is supposed to go. Uh, and that's how we are trained to do it. So that's why I said it's how it's supposed to go, because that's how we're trained to do it. Yeah, 11 shots to the to the normal person. Like, damn, like that's, that's a little overkill. But 11 shots to 2.4 seconds, that's fast. Like, that's that's quick on the trigger, and, like, that's good police shooting. Man, they just tried to, they tried to victimize him so much before, you know, based off of this, this minute and 24-second video that now all these facts coming out, damn, Man, Cuz was out there tripping, tripping. Yeah, tripping man. Like, like tripping. man, Cuz was out there, out there tripping. Uh, but man, again, this all could have been, this all could have been avoided. Like we always say, comply. Yeah, sometimes you comply, you still get hurt, whatever. We all knew that. But I think this was a very avoidable situation, don't you think? It, it definitely was. You know, it's unfortunate. You know, for Mr. Pellerin and his family, and you know the officers as well, that they have to live with the fact that hey, they took this guy's life, and you know his family have to live with. You know, our, our loved one is gone. You know, just a unfortunate situation all around but 
it goes to, you know, complying, none of this would have never happened. Right. And and don't don't get us wrong. Like we not out here uh trying to just say, you know, Pellerin was, was just, just, just guy. yeah, evil guy and just out there being reckless and causing chaos and stuff. Like I said, I don't personally know him. Uh Ian, you know? I you, I don't know. I never dealt with him when I worked in Lafayette, so I we I, we I'm just here bringing y'all the facts of, of what of what I'm saying, uh of what I'm reading. And if y'all want the the full investigation from state police, uh, all I did was Google Trey for Pellerin uh, investigation, and you could get the whole DA investigation, the whole PowerPoint that he yeah, read. He got, he got everything. The uh, word for word, yeah, the video and stuff, and that's all I'm doing. I just I just took some notes off of off of the the video that I watch, uh, and I just took some notes based off of the off of their investigation. So don't get us wrong and make it seem like oh we just bashing Pellerin because we do you know we law enforcement we trying to take up for the cops. That's not that's not nearly the case, but you know. I know two out of the three officers very personal. I worked with them. Uh, you know, I, I, I trained with some of them before. And I, I know, like, and I talked to I talked to one of them daily. And, you know, he struggled with Yeah, he struggled with this for, he's still struggling with it for, for a long, you know, currently. And it's never, it's never easy having to pull your trigger on your duty weapon to take someone's life. Yeah, man, it's, you know, me personally, I hope I, I, hope I never have to fire my weapon, you know, in the line of duty. But I mean, if the time comes, I'm ready for it. But I, I hope I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I hope I I hope I never have to. But you know, yes, you have to be mentally prepared for it. And I am mentally prepared for it because nowadays is is like people are trying you, people are out to kill you. Um, we, so, we got a guy now out here that's uh, tormenting the police, just trying to he trying to draw attention. Uh, the guy they was talking about in briefing. Oh yeah, that that black dude. Yeah, that crazy dude. Uh, we're not crazy, but. Whatever he's doing, he's trying to antagonize police to. He wants us to do something to him, pretty much. I mean, it's it's, it's as easy as like as, as as that. You know, you got people just trying to, you know, just trying to get you know internet famous or whatever you want to call it. People on their next yeah, video, exactly. Or try to get a lawsuit. You know, it's, it's stuff like that that we constantly deal with. That next video. So so the DA brought up they had he felt he say he felt, but from his investigation they had seven instances where deadly force could have been used. So we're going to break down those instances and just kind of show you. And I'm just doing it just to show how these officers done a great job of, of taking time to de-escalate the situation. Because everybody always say, you know, we need de-escalation training. Uh, and I, I think these officers done an outstanding job. And even the DA said that, that they gave him many a chances. They 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 tried to de-escalate this situation probably way, way longer than than what most uh, what most departments would have tolerated. So. Uh, like I said, seven instances. So number one was the first instant where they where they could have used deadly force was when he was armed with a knife outside the store with customers uh, entering and exiting the store within feet from him. That one I don't agree with. What you think? Nah, I don't. I don't agree with that one either, man. Yeah. So I I don't agree that they could have used deadly force just because that because he never posed a threat to nobody. Yeah, they you know it's just strange and the way he was acting and yeah he has a knife but he never had a confrontation with nobody to, to he didn't have a they didn't have a victim. To say that he threatened me with the knife, you know, all it was just a concern. Uh, so pretty much would have been a welfare check type call yeah. that it would have been. So yeah, scratch that one out. I don't, I don't agree with that one. Uh, number two was when he presented the knife uh, to the first officer that approached him and said, "I'm gonna stab you." That one all day because remember we talked about he was in with he was within that 21, 21 foot rule. So that one. That also could have been justified, but what he done? He chose to use uh, less lethal and try to tase him. Which didn't work. Um, number well, number three goes into 
the same thing of, of number two, where he told the officer, I will stab you. Um, number four said when he swung the knife at the canine officer saying, F the dog. Uh, I didn't really see that in, a, in, a, that in a video, uh, but that's what the DA said. So with that one, I'll say if it did happen, yeah. If not, I, don't, I didn't see it, so I don't agree with that one. Uh, number five is when he approached the pickup truck uh, and tried to open the passenger's passenger side door. Um, 100%. Where the little kid said that, that he saw him pull on the door, so that's when you know you get into that potential carjacking. So, again, that goes into the protect and serve because now the officers have to protect the um, the victims in, in the pickup truck. So that one, I agree. Uh, and then number six was walking towards, I guess they had a lady outside the second gas uh, second gas station. Um, so I guess with her being a potential victim, you know, hostage, whatever the case was. Yeah. And then number seven was, of course, when they actually shot him when he when he uh, went to open up the door. So what you think, Buck? You Like I said, I, besides a couple, I agree with, with the majority of it as far as when officers could have used deadly force. Right. So that was... That was those were were a lot of uh, that was a lot a lot of times where they could have used daily force and been justified. So here's the breakdown out of those seven times where they could have used daily force. Here's the breakdown of the total commands that they gave him, and this this crazy bro. Like I actually counted this too. Uh, so it's a total of thirty nine clear verbal commands. Thirty nine. So <laughs> you had 13 commands stating to drop the knife. You had 17 commands stating to get on the ground. You had three commands to show me your hands. You had five commands to get to get out the road. And then you had one command of do not go into the store. Uh, and then you had a couple of like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a lot of chances, man. That's a lot of chances. A whole 40, lot of chances. You know, so... Let me see. People with kids. I don't have a kid, but people with kids. Uh, how many times would it take for you to tell your kid to, uh, let's see what you say, mm, go to bed or stop jumping on the couch. Stop jumping on the couch. Stop running around the house. You know, stop going in and out. Whatever. How many times would it take for you to tell them that before you decide I need to take some action? Because clearly my verbal commands it's not, not working. working. You not, you not understanding something. So let me let me get this belt. Oh, let me go get my little uh my little switch. Nah, like old school. Let me, get, let me get my little switch. So how many times would it take for you to to get to the point where like okay you're not listening? So let me try something else. And that's ultimately in in a sense what happened here. You know they gave him 39 chances, if not more, but 39 chances to comply and and try to de-escalate this situation. Um, but what what are we supposed to do when people don't listen to our de-escalation? I mean, in, in that situation, man, officers did a, a great job, and they absolutely waited till the last possible second to fire their weapons, and that's 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 awesome training on you know on their ends. I mean, they waited till the last second to, to when they finally fired their weapon. That's literally where it's literally was on the door. Literally the last second. I mean, it's at, at that point, there's really nothing else they could have done. Nothing else at all. Um. But you know, that's the question I pose. What what's what's supposed to be our next step when de-escalation doesn't work? Because everybody always just talk about de-escalate, de-escalate, but nobody never talks about what happened when de-escalation works, which ultimately leads to daily force. But um, 
Everybody wants to go hands on with somebody that that has a, a deadly weapon. Right. I had this conversation with my brother, uh, <laughs> where he was kind of like, "Well, why they just didn't tackle him?" Uh, you know, when he had the knife. So I don't know why people try to downplay a knife. You notice that, like, people try to downplay a knife, like it's a knife, man. Like, like how, how many people out there cutting onions and tomatoes and stuff like that are just using a knife? How many people cut themselves with a knife? Just a little nick. Yeah. You know? You know, especially if you got a good sharp knife. Yeah. You know, and they're grimacing because, you know, a little nick on their hand. Right. So, so, so we was having a conversation. It was like, well, why they didn't do this? Why they didn't do that? I said, okay, here we go. I said, you about to fight somebody. One-on-one, fist fight. And then, bam. Yeah. <laughs> somebody pull out a knife. I said, at that moment, they're threatening you with a knife. What you going to do? Will you still say F that and, and go and fight them? Or would you fall back? And not fight him at all. We're not even bringing a gun into the situation. I'm just talking about just how people trying to downplay a knife. And he was like, well, I wouldn't fight him. We got a knife. I said, well, why wouldn't you fight him? He said, I'm going to get stabbed. Exactly. Uh, I said, oh, so just because we the police, we supposed to just throw that risk out the, out the window and, and just get cut up and stabbed and sliced. And then if y'all come visit me in the hospital and I'm like sliced up and, you know, all, all cut up. What's the first thing y'all gonna say? Why you just didn't shoot him? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's, it's crazy that people downplay a knife uh, just because we cops. Like like a knife ain't supposed to hurt us just because we cops. Uh, I, I I that's just mind blowing of, of how people downplay that knife will flee like a fish, man. You gotta <laughs> it's a knife, man. So it's it's a deadly weapon. So man, uh, as we start wrapping this up. I just want to kind of talk about like the attorney, cause that dude there, that dude, that dude the trip, man. And it for the clout. Oh man, that dude the trip. And, and another thing, before we get on, well, it's all in the same category. I wonder, Mister Al Sharpton saw this, saw this, this video. Probably you did. Know that? He probably did. Because you know, Al Sharpton went. Uh, he came. He, well, he came to laugh here for the funeral, and 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 you know, sparked this all. I say I ain't gonna say chaos, but you know. He he went and do his thing that he travels across the world to to these um these type of funerals. Keep in know. mind he's paid to do that too. Right, I, I think I heard that may be wrong, but I heard around six grand is what somebody paid him to come to Pellerin's funeral to talk. Uh, and then he he came into Lafayette last minute for the funeral and then left right after the funeral. So y'all really you know you really think that he had some something invested in in this case? No. No type of influence. You know, didn't know, didn't know a, a thing about Pellerin, probably besides what he was told from whoever got him to come out here. Saw that minute in whatever video. Right. And, he, you know, he, he sung good praises and stuff like that about the incident. But, you know, I feel that now, like, these folks need, need to be held accountable. And they should come out and say, okay, look, we were wrong. You know, we were wrong. We jumped the gun. Uh, and this was actually... Uh, a good, you know, the police done what they had to do. But, you know, Al Sharpton came, went out there to Lafayette, bro, and, and went talk at this funeral. But I wonder if somebody, like, reach out to him and be like, hey, man, look, here's the, here's the actual facts and evidence to the to the incident. What what you think now? You know, you feel, still feel the same type of way? I bet he ain't get that money back either. <laughs> <When he feel laughs> like, like, oh, I shouldn't have been there. <laughs> right, you know, so how can you... How can you? I don't want to say how can you live with yourself because they don't care, man. I, honestly, I feel like none of these people. Ben Crump, Ben Crump don't care, man. Ben Crump just want the money and that notoriety, and, man. And, yeah, and have his name, have his name attached to something. Man, them, them people don't care about that. But Pellerin's family attorney. So I watched the the uh, 
the interview after the DA done his deal. And he said that they did not watch the video, that they didn't have access to the video, which it was a big deal about letting the family see the video because the mayor was making a big push. So they did let them see one body cam video. They didn't let them see all the evidence, but they showed them the, the best body cam video that they felt would, would serve purpose to, to, you know, show them what happened. Uh, I heard that the mom and some other people in the family chose not to see the video. So then the mom was like, oh, my first time seeing the video was was like everybody else mm-hmm. uh, when the DA was showing it. But even after the uh, the family attorney saw the video, the dude went on the news and said that Pellerin did not have a knife. You know, it's like, bro, come on, man. I understand she's a job family attorney to, you know, bring justice to the family. But come on, man. Like, like when we go stop, stop trying to paint this bad picture of law enforcement and... And, like, let's get on the side. If this world would be all about right and wrong, instead of choosing, you know, political sides or, or sides about race and stuff, I think I think we, we could get back on, on track, man. Everybody could love each other and like each other, no matter the race, uh, culture, or, you know, all this diversity stuff. But it's, it's, that would, that's just wild. Yeah, bro. it is. It, it is, man. I mean, there's, there's multiple still shots of him, you know, having a knife in his hand. Like I said, he, he's just doing it for Cloud, trying to make a name for himself. That's all that is on his part. Yeah, that's... Cut that's, the check. But yeah, he made my money. Cut the check. <laughs> uh, but, man, let's let's start wrapping this thing up, man. Uh, any closing any closing thoughts from this? Just need people to, man, just to, you know, work with us and, you know, give us some time. Every, everything everything will get back, you know, at least decent in the, in the, in the future, I, I feel. You know, we just got to continue doing what we're doing, getting out. Talking to people and people got to want to talk. You know, you got to want to accept what we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to, you know, make the world a better place by doing this job. But if you don't want to accept it, then it's it's, it's never going to happen. So it's got to take time and deal with us. You know, uh, it's, it's crazy because before we started, uh, before we started re- recording, I was kind of like, man, did something happen in the past couple of weeks in law enforcement <laughs> where uh, you know that we that we need to talk about? And I was like, no, I don't think they they really had nothing that happened, huh? Yeah, uh, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I don't think they had nothing that happened, which is good. Uh, unless just I'm uh, let me let me stop. I'm sure they had something that happened. It's just whether or not the dudes yeah. made a big deal. That, that's that's what make blows all this stuff up to begin with the, the media. Right. So uh, if if y'all want to watch this body cam video, and I must say, warn y'all, it is graphic. Uh, but if you go to YouTube and go to Police Activity uh, YouTube channel, they post all kind of body cam videos and, and car cam videos. But they do actually have the body cam uh, footage from the Pellerin shooting. So in case you missed it or you can't find it, uh, I'll make sure to post the, the link to the YouTube uh, to the YouTube channel. Then I should be able to post the link for the uh, the whole investigation from the state police. So that way you can read it for yourself. Uh, like I said, man, all we was doing is just trying to bring facts to this case because everybody kind of had had their mind already made up based off that that minute twenty four second video, uh, you know. But something that DJ Def said on that last episode was when he was in, in broadcast on the radio, how people don't do their own research and they just take what's was presented to them. Mm-hmm. And just run with it because, yeah, because, you know, they said it. So I'm going to just go off of this and I'm going to put my own spin just like the chick did in a, in a video herself. Yep. You know, oh, my gosh. But, y'all, he had a knife. And then just that quick, her mind was able to get changed by. Uh, just based on what her friend said. Yeah, based off what her friend said. So, oh, man. But 
it's good to be back, man. Glad we was able to bring y'all another episode. We have another one lined up. So uh, we man, we were just busy with some training. Uh, we had uh, a lot of work stuff going on. Uh, it's been it's been real busy, real. But hopefully we get back on track, man. Try to bring y'all at least two a month is what is what I typically try to shoot for. Um, so I apologize for for the delay to all my my uh, my listeners. But man, speaking of listeners. Man, y'all make sure y'all go out and, and share this with people. Um, you know, share it with your coworkers, your family, your friends. If you feel that that this is, you know, this is um, you know, something that you feel that needs to be heard, man, don't be scared to share that uh, you know, on y'all social media pages because like I said, uh we're not trying to change the entire world, but just trying to reach the heart of one person at a time. And it it takes it takes a community to to do this. It takes more than just uh, you know me or Buck doing this podcast. We need we need to to gather a team of people to get on board with us um, and 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 share this good message. And it's not nothing about I just want y'all to support the police, but I just want y'all to support right or wrong. Absolutely, uh, you know more so right versus wrong. But you know. Uh, we just need to stop trying to victimize people for their wrongdoings um, just because it's involving law enforcement. Um, so it's a tough world, but in this tough world, everybody needs a, a positive message. So positive message for y'all today is work hard in the darkness so one day you may shine in the light. And that was brought to you by Sam Briggs. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Speak On It podcast with Kate, Sam, and Buck. See y'all next time. Once again, make sure you check out our social media pages at Speak On It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We out.